Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40. If you're searching for inspiring and easy to apply Enneagram and human design content, then you've come to the right place. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two friends and coaches who are passionate about sharing our knowledge and insights on these two powerful self-awareness systems to help you step outside the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're so grateful to have you here. Let's jump into today's episode. I am super excited today because Dominique is going to give me a bit of a mini human design reading. So talking about some of those interesting foundational aspects of my human design chart. And I'm super excited to hear what she has to say because every time she tells me anything about my chart or my human design, I have huge aha moments and I always am able to relate to it or connect it somehow to my life or something that's happened in my life. So we are super excited to do this so you guys can hear sort of what it would be like to have a human design reading with Dominique. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun, Carrie. And I know we've already talked a little bit about your particular design, and part of it is also mine as well, as we've been sharing our episodes. Today is going to be, I think, a lot of fun, at least for me. What I'm going to do, just to let the listeners know, is that I'm going to be discussing three foundational elements to your human design chart. And when we look at these three elements, if you or anybody were to incorporate these things into your daily life, tremendous change in growth can occur. You could leave all the rest and just focus here and really make some massive change within your life. So we're going to just jump right in. What do you think? I love it. Right? I love it. I'm okay. so excited. First off, I'll just kind of give a little rundown of what human design is for those of you who aren't quite familiar with it. Human design is it's similar to like if you look up your birth chart in astrology, and human design incorporates actually ancient science and modern science. And it's this combination of astrology. You have the Chinese I Ching, you have the Kabbalah, quantum physics is a big part of it as well. So all of these beautiful ancient systems that have been used for centuries on top of quantum physics and genetics. So you find your human design by inputting your birth information. And that would be, again, very similar to a birth chart. You can find software on a, a few different platforms. I know Bodygraph is a great one. Even on my own website, you can download your Bodygraph for free and take a look at your particular design. But I'm going to, again, just jump right in here now, Carrie. And so I want to start with first one of the big elements of learning about your design is understanding your energy type and the strategy for your type. So energy type is your aura. And this is how your energy functions and interacts in the world. And you and myself actually are known as projector energy types. In quantum human design, that's known as the orchestrator. Projectors are here to guide and provide support to all the other energy types in the world. So we are not necessarily here to do the 
building in the work within the world, like the generators, which actually make up 70% of the population. A lot of the generators have tremendous energy to build and create. Projectors are approximately 20% of the population. And we're here to, again, guide, provide some better input on how to do life. We are very aware of how to preserve energy, how to really put focus into what matters most in order to create more joy in someone's life. And this fits perfect for you and I because we're coaches and that's exactly what we're passionate about. And it's interesting too yeah. because as a young child, I'm the only projector in my family and I was seen as like the know-it-all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always trying to tell people what yeah. to do or how to do something better because as a kid, yeah. you don't know how to sort of finesse this. Yep. That is classic for projectors or orchestrators is that they can be viewed as a know-it-all or like you were just saying, making corrections <laughs> when we see how to do things better or how to make things more efficient. We're here to really master a system as well. And so like you had said, Carrie, that's a big issue for a lot of young projectors and why a part of the strategy that goes along with your type is so crucial. So the projector strategy is waiting to be recognized and invited. When we don't wait for that, then that's when people start to perceive us as know-it-all and nosy and pushy because our energy isn't connecting with this other person, this other energy. And like attracts like, energies have to be open to each other in order to receive. So if someone's not open to hearing your wisdom, if they're not welcoming your wisdom, then it can be really taken the wrong way. And one of the hardest things for projectors is the whole waiting and the recognition because we see exactly what needs to be done to make for a happier life and we want to share it. But and I've had this happen in my life plenty of times where I gave such tremendous input, at least I thought, and the, the person was just like, mm, yeah, no, that's not how it works. Like, that's not the way to do it. But again, I mentioned generators make up 70% of the population. So we're in a world where we think very differently. Our role is very different from the majority of the population. So it needs to be recognized in order for us to really step into our full power and energy as a projector as well. So when you think about waiting for recognition and invitation, have you had any experience of that where you provided input without being asked and it didn't go well or? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And waiting for the invitation, probably for me, that and along with my authority, which you'll talk about in a little bit, have been two of the biggest impactful things to understand better and to live more consciously with because like I said, I just was perceived as this know-it-all because I would insert myself with ideas mm. or advice when people, that's not what they were looking for. And just for basic human regard, we know that people want to feel respected and they mm -hmm. don't want to feel like they're being dictated to do yeah. something or dominated in some way, which I think that energy can come off when you just insert yourself in that way into someone's situation. 
And then on the opposite side, when you invited me with the idea Mm. of creating a podcast and gave all of your rationale about why you thought it would be a great idea and what I would bring to it, it felt Mm -hmm. really aligned. Yeah. Yeah. And what's fascinating is when it comes to two projectors together, you're recognizing each other and you're inviting each other. And then that's when the energy, the frequency really matches and it flows better. And when you were talking just a moment ago about how just out of courtesy, you don't want to be pushing your way into someone's world. Another part of it is our aura, our energy is penetrative and focused and people can sense that. And if it feels very intense to someone, then that can be a block and where they put the guard up, the wall up. And another reason why sometimes we can get shot down for providing input. So that's a huge reason why it's really important for us to make sure that we're also preserving our energy for those who really see us and value our input because we're not energetic beings. We don't have a defined sacral center, which is your life and work force energy. This is what the generators of the world have defined. And that's where so much of their energy really comes from. So we have a a certain amount of energy that can be just amazing and feel tremendous. However, it's not sustainable. It's not ours to keep at all times because we borrow from others. And so in order to be sustainable with our energy, we have to wait for the right people because they're actually going to receive what we have to share. So with the strategy being a way how we take action in the world, and that's for every energy type, your strategy is how you take aligned action. It's always going to be the same for projectors. It's the wait for the invitation, wait to be recognized. And it's always the same for all the other energy types too. There's four other energy types. And they have four distinct strategies. Yep. Exactly. And so we can maybe in another episode get into that a little bit more. But from understanding how your energy operates in the world and then how you can take aligned action right there, you are really on a great path to just bringing in more joy and bringing in more aligned focus into your life, finding your right people. So I think that's always a beautiful area to start, especially if you're brand new to human design. So the next part is your authority. Authority is an extra flavoring to strategy. Authority is what we can consider that inner compass or that intuition. So it doesn't override your strategy, the waiting to be recognized and invited, but it gives an extra level of confirmation that yes, this is the action that you're meant to take. You have emotional authority. So with emotional authority, making decisions in the moment isn't necessarily the best way to take aligned action. The reason for that, when you have emotional energy and authority in your chart, then it's easy to feel really, really good in the moment. And then maybe later that day, you're just like, oh man, why did I do that? And then the next day, maybe you're excited again. And then it's like, ah, you know what? I really don't know. So emotional authority has these waves that you have to ride out. And ideally, you want to, as a projector for yourself, Carrie, wait to be recognized and invited and then tap into your authority to feel if that is really the right direction for you. So 
you have smaller undulating waves with your authority. And that's because of a channel that you have connected from your root center to your emotional solar plexus. It's the 1949 channel. So your emotions may not be huge swings, but they can have these small little ups and downs. Maybe it lasts a couple of days, three days. Everyone's so different. This is where like, I recommend for maybe a month, two months, track how you're feeling day to day. Get a sense of your wave so you can better understand how it functions and what is impacting it. Also, a lot of the times with the 1949 channel being your connection for emotional authority, that's going to bring changes in your moods based off of relationship stuff friendship stuff going on. Like those areas might impact your moods a little bit more strongly than anything else. So as you're waiting to ride out your wave, you want to have a consistent excitement for this thing, this person, this opportunity that shows up in your world. If it's a no right away, of course, it's going to be a no. But if you're feeling good one day and then the next morning you're like, mm, I don't know then that right there is your clue that it is not going to be the best option because when you enter that relationship with the ups and downs, it's going to continue as that, as second guessing, as not being fully into it. Does that make sense? Yeah, really it does. Just last week, my sister and I were talking about this idea. She's also an emotional and both of our parents are non-emotionals. And so we were just talking about that in general. And she said, I'm so surprised you're an emotional because she was sort of relating it. I'm not very emotive, but that's not necessarily what this means. And the way you described the yep. smaller waves really resonated for me because yep. that is definitely how throughout my life I have experienced my emotional wave. And the cool thing about emotional authority, there's many different waves. Some people have high highs and low lows. Some people have gradual highs that come to a peak and then plummet. So this is where tracking your waves is a fantastic practice, again, to better understand, but also to help remove judgment too from people, especially the high highs and low lows. These can be individuals that are like, what is wrong with me? Am I depressed? Am I bipolar? Where a lot of the times that's just simply how you are processing what is best for you, what is correct for you. And if we kind of look at emotions, and I love this about the quantum language, the emotional authority is known as creative authority. And think of how much creativity comes from artists who are extremely emotional or they're connected to their emotions. They dive into that melancholy state and they create such beauty from it, whether it's art, music. So looking at it as a way to just better connect to your creativity is a, a beautiful thing too. So the authority is that inner compass that is going to just make sure you are on the correct path to making decisions that are aligned to you. And your specific intuition is going to speak to you a little bit more clearly when you pay attention to your authority. 
learning my authority has been really impactful for me in decision making. Mm -hmm. Because I think in our society, we are just a fast moving society where it's like, do it right now, yes. make the decision now. Everything feels there's like a scarcity that there's not going to be enough or you yep. have to decide to buy this thing before they run out. And I've really released that. And because I used to buy into that energy that we all had, that we had to make a decision right away. And for me, it feels so much better to take that time to pause and really think about it and really allow those different emotions to come through and mm -hmm. observe how do I still feel about it. Yeah. And you just made a, a beautiful note here of why understanding human design in general is just so powerful because it teaches you how to get back into your body. It teaches you how to harness and listen to your specific authority, your way of making aligned decisions. And it's not with our minds. And that's, again, where a lot of that scarcity mindset, fear-based mindset is, is coming from. It's when we allow ourselves to wait, to pause, to take our time, which, I mean, who enjoys waiting? I don't know. I struggle with that for sure. But every single energy type has to wait a certain amount before taking action. Even the generators of the world, they have to wait for an external sign before they can respond to something. So it's in the waiting that we're finding the ability to move into our bodies, to listen to what our bodies are trying to tell us, what our intuition is speaking, and learning how to move a little bit slower with intention, not out of reactivity, but with intention and more of response, proper response. Sometimes listening to our bodies too won't completely make sense to us, mm, Yeah, especially if we've been living through our minds for decision-making. I have a somewhat big life decision that I need to make and I need to make a decision about and my mind keeps sort of trying to rush it and my mind keeps telling me logically what I should do. And every time I sit with this decision in my body, it feels completely wrong to do what my mind is telling me to do. Mm. And it's been really uncomfortable to follow that sign from my body because my mind makes all these logical reasons why I should just go ahead and make the decision this one direction. But my body screams no to that. So it's not always easy even when you are no. doing something in a way that's best aligned for you. Yeah. Absolutely. You're so, so correct. And wow, what a fascinating thing to share because yeah, our minds are best served for inspiration and creativity. They are constantly looking for patterns. And a lot of the patterns that hold us back in life are patterns from past experiences that were negative because we're hardwired to focus on negative. So it doesn't happen again. So we can stay safe. And so if we're going off of our minds looking at patterns and like, oh, wait a minute, this happened once to me before because I decided this route, you know what? Nah, I'm not going to take that chance again. Uh, so I'm just going to say no to this when that could potentially be a, a tremendous life-changing event for you in the best way possible if you were to sit and listen to what your body was feeling. And that's something where I like to encourage with emotional authority, asking yourself, okay, does that feel good and correct right now? And tomorrow, does it still feel good and correct? And just checking in with yourself and asking so that yes needs to stay consistent 
throughout your wave, however much time that takes. If it's a couple of days or for some people, it might take a couple of weeks until you feel like you have better clarity. You're never going to be 100% certain about a decision, but you want it to feel good. Like you said, feel good in your body. And a lot of it has to do with trust too. Trust that you're going to be supported in taking action towards something you feel is correct and aligned for you. So the last part that we're going to talk about is your profile. And profile is kind of like the costume we wear. And it's how we learn, how we can lead others. It also shows us a little bit about how we like to receive love and maybe give love too. So you have a 1-4 profile. The 1 is personality traits that you will probably be very familiar with. It will feel like you. But the four is going to be more of the traits that others recognize within you and may not be quite as obvious to you. And that comes from the conscious and unconscious sides of the chart. If you're looking at your chart, you've got the black numbers on the right side. That's your conscious. That's the first number for you, Carrie, one. And on the left side is the red column of numbers. That's going to be your unconscious. So the one, I have a one as well. We are insatiably curious we want to learn and dive deep into things that bring us joy and that strike massive interest in our lives. A lot of the times our need for research is for certainty though. So sometimes we can get lost in that cycle of needing to learn and research to have that sense of certainty, have a sense of safety, actually. So ones tend to crave safety within their lives. And that can be safety with just better understanding the decisions you want to make, even relationships. A lot of ones really want to study new relationships that enter their lives. They want to get to know this person, dive deep, really study them before they fully feel open and willing to release and, and let themselves be fully seen in a way to where they feel safe. I take a long time to get to know someone and I don't allow myself generally to fully step in until I have that sense of security and better understanding of the other person. Does that sound familiar at all? Or, or what are your thoughts with relationships or just the sense of like curiosity and researching and security? Yes, I definitely see my one line really clearly, especially the curiosity, the deep diving. To me, a perfect day would be just being able to read and research a topic I like, especially if I'm in a place like in a coffee shop where I still have some interesting things around me to maybe people watch a little bit here and there or mm -hmm. in a library. I love doing that. And sometimes my reward, which I'm trying to get away from this pattern, but my reward for getting certain tasks done or to-dos done is to sit down with a book about whatever topic I'm interested in. Usually it's like the Enneagram or yeah. human design. And I love annotating in books and writing all my notes and putting all my tabs in. Oh, I love it. So I, I, I really relate to that. And then conversely, on my unconscious part, which you'll talk about, I mm -hmm. don't relate to it as much, mm -hmm. but I would guess yeah. it is how other people see me. Yes. Yeah. At least that's how I saw you when I first 
got to know you. I'll share more about that for sure. It's really neat because the line ones are the resources for others because the knowledge that we are taking in is flowing into what we are sharing within our lives. So this is where we're learning and now we're going to bring that into leading others by being the person who knows this system deeply, whatever it may be that you're fascinated about. And so we bring this foundation of knowledge and information for others to feel safer in their movement forward, if it's in the Enneagram or the human design. And so that's what I love so much about being a one is that I know I am going to research the hell out of this thing. And I am going to understand every aspect of nervous system, human behavior, whatever it is, because I want others to understand and know this as well. And for you with the Enneagram. So it's a beautiful thing. I love being a one. Do you love being a one? I do. Yeah. yeah. It's the line that I feel like most aligned with. So it makes total yeah. sense to yeah. me that it is part of my design. Yeah. And so going over to the four, the four is a fascinating one too, because they're really about security and stability around more so relationships and living circumstances. And so this is where it doesn't have to be a huge group of friends that you have, but fours often really take their relationships very seriously. And they may love to mingle with a lot of different people. Some of them just have these close knit groups of friendships that they've had for a really long time, but it's everything to them. Community is everything to the fourth line. And a lot of fourth line individuals, especially in uh, business and coaching, they often receive a lot of their inquiries via word of mouth. They don't necessarily have the website and do all the marketing because their community, as long as you're keeping in communication with these friendships and connections, the community is the the place where they're getting a lot of their inquiry for their work. And so again, it doesn't have to be a huge group of friends. It might be a, a small group, a close niche of friends that is really a foundation for them. And the fourth line's they also have this need for stability and certainty. So having that one line, which a big part of it is sometimes fear of not knowing enough or the unknown, needing that certainty. The fourth line doesn't like being in limbo a lot of the times. They love to be prepared because they are so prepared, though. That's where the community benefits because they often look at that fourth line as, ooh, so-and-so knows about this. And I know that they are going to be stable and solid in their knowledge, so I'm going to ask them. And that's where, yeah, like for me, when I first met you, that was a big part of what I felt, like this welcoming energy this kind of friendship energy where it was like, there's something like really comforting about your energy and almost like stabilizing too. And that's very much fourth line energy where it's contagious sometimes too. Like that comfort and stability that you naturally give off can be contagious for others where they're like, you know what? I just really like this person's vibe. I want to be their friend. 
I feel like that is one of the biggest compliments I've ever received. And I've lived in a few different places and I've always been able to find my people wherever I've lived. I've never, like when people talk about struggling to make friends as adults, I've never encountered that. Even when we moved abroad, I made a lot of really good Spanish friends, which we had heard was really hard to do because we lived in this small city and everyone already had their established friend groups. But it's something that does come really naturally to me without thinking about it. And for me, my friends are super important to me. I would put my friends equal to my family. I know most people don't do that. A lot of people put their friends maybe like a notch below their family and their family comes first. But that's not at all how I've functioned as an adult. That's fascinating. And that's so interesting to me because I'm a one three and the three is someone who loves to experiment with their knowledge. Whereas like for a one four, your power and energy lies in sharing your knowledge with your community, with your friendships. And that's why you are then looked at as someone who is trustworthy and stable and knows their information. Again, if someone needs to know something, then they may think of you first. Like if someone's like, man, I have this curiosity about this part of the Enneagram. You know what? I'm going to ask Carrie. And so that's something that's really common for the one four. But like for me, I always struggled making friends. I, I felt like I never really connected with a lot of the individuals. They just didn't share some of the, the values that I had, or I just felt strange. And maybe part of that was just because of being a projector, but I was always friendly and would talk, but never really could establish friendships from it. So it's really neat to hear your side, having that for energy and how maybe it didn't even really take that much effort, but you just have this natural vibe and energy about you that pulls people towards you and creates a little bit more of that flow into the friendships and connections. One thing I wanted to add really quick, just to alleviate some confusion, when we talk about these numbers in human design, they are completely different than the numbers we talk about within the Enneagram. So my Mm, Enneagram type is type one, but my one line in human design has nothing to do with that. So sometimes it can get confusing because we use the same terminology between both systems, but the terms mean very different things. Yeah, absolutely. And this is where I'm curious to hear from you, Carrie, now that we went over these foundational elements of the chart and just quick recap, type and strategy, you being projector or orchestrator, and the strategy for the projector orchestrator is to wait to be recognized and invited. We went over your authority, which is emotional or creative authority, and your profile being the one four. So kind of taking all of this into context and thinking of the Enneagram, I would love to hear your thoughts on these two systems side by side. Yeah, this is one of our favorite things to do is to try to compare, contrast, and layer these two systems on one another because we've both found them very helpful. In hearing everything you had to say and processing in real time, one of the things that really stood out to me is being a type one within the Enneagram system, they tend to be people who are very driven, they value productivity, they value taking action and being seen as 
a really important part of the team. They don't want to let anyone down. They definitely think their way of doing things is the best way and the right way. So that really feels like how I've lived most of my life. And it's probably a lot to do with my conditioning of being productive is of the utmost importance. But conversely, for projectors, like Dominique was saying, that we don't have that defined sacral energy center. So we mm -hmm. tend to be less energetic than some of the other types of people out there, which rings very true for me. Something I did not recognize in myself because I just thought, I don't know, I just wanted to fit in with how everyone else functioned. And now that I know this about myself, it makes so much sense. I do need more sleep than the average person. I function so much better. My, I am able to think more clearly. I'm able to have more energy and just be in a better mood throughout the day if I get optimally nine hours of sleep, which sounds really extravagant to a lot of people. I can feel a huge difference if I get less than seven hours. I'm not very functional. And I lived a lot of my life getting around six to seven hours of sleep most nights and trying to stick with that grind that a type one in the Enneagram so desperately wants to do. They want to be efficient and effective and be there to serve the team or the greater good or whatever it is that they're working with. So for me, that is the biggest takeaway and aha from how maybe learning about both things about yourself might not always mesh together perfectly and you have to recognize where mm -hmm. one thing is your conditioning and where the other thing may be how it's better to be living. Absolutely. And yeah, you just put it together so beautifully there because a lot of projectors, because we take in the energy of sacral beings around us, we can sometimes appear to have more energy than those individuals. But that's because with an open center, you are absorbing and amplifying that energy. And because it's not ours to keep, that's when projectors especially can have major issues with hitting burnout because we tend to think that it's our energy and we should be able to do everything else that everybody else is doing. But that's when we can start to get into a lot of health problems because of pushing too much. And with human design, it's the system that shows you who you truly are behind the masks, aside from the, the conditioning that we pick up throughout our lives. And so it's interesting to hear when you compare that one Enneagram to the authentic projector energy and how, yeah, that kind of can bump up against each other for sure. If you're not recognizing what is conditioning and with us trying to fit in the box and go with the flow with everyone else. Thank you so much for doing this mini reading on my human mm -hmm. design today. If any listeners are interested in their human design or just want to know a little more, Dominique's website is a great place to go because like she said, she has that link to get your free chart. She also would love to answer any questions you may have. So click the link in the show notes. And if you want to know anything, we are happy to answer them. Yep. And stay tuned because next episode, Carrie is going to be sharing a little bit about my Enneagram type, which I am so excited for. Thank you for listening to this episode. Your support is so appreciated. 
If you'd like to have a question answered about your human design or Enneagram type in a future episode, you can submit it through the link in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. 